The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown to zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown podcast and radio show. Today, we're speaking with the co-hosts of a podcast called Love Zero Waste. It's Malin Licht and Evelina Lundquist. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you, thank you for having so us. This is so great talking to you guys. I love talking to other podcasts, and yours is really a nice one, and I think like very positive vibes and stuff are coming from it. So um, it's really a pleasure to have you guys on, and uh, Malin is actually talking to us from um, from Sweden, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm based in southern parts of Sweden, close to Copenhagen in Denmark, though. Nice. That's awesome. So uh, I've never been to that part of the world, so I can't wait to find out more about what's going on there in terms of the environment and what you guys are doing. And then Evelina is from Austria, which I have been to. Oh my gosh, I was oh. in Graz and I absolutely loved <laughs> really? it. Beautiful city. Yeah. So where, what part of Graz, or sorry, what part of Austria are you in? Uh, I Right now I'm uh, outside Vienna. We're based outside of Vienna. It's one hour west of Vienna, but I actually used to live in Graz. So it's like my second home. I love Graz. Nice. It's so funny. I just remember like everybody would stop on the side of the road and there'd be no cars coming for miles and nobody would cross the street no matter what, unless the, oh, the light turned and yeah. told the people to cross the street like everyone was just so good at following the rules I was like oh I don't understand why we're not crossing the street because like here you know if <laughs> it's just you just go so I want to know all about your show so I don't know who wants to go first but if you want to tell us um, what your show is about why it started that sort of thing so give us the rundown on the love zero waste show oh Evelina give us the history yeah <laughs> actually we started uh we started about two and a half years ago now which is crazy um and Marlin contacted me out of the blue about three years ago and we started discussing different projects just bouncing back and forth that we just thought we should do something together and then we decided to meet and start the podcast so that basically the first time we ever met uh, we started working together on the podcast and since then we've done about 30 plus episodes and we're about to start uh, season four soon so we're super excited about that and on the show we uh, talk about zero waste from a large scale change perspective so we talk to uh, all kinds of people from all across the planet we talk to educators to activists entrepreneurs investors designers architects all kinds of people that are working to create large scale change within the in the sphere of zero waste nice so it's mostly like a a macro scale kind of thing right of zero waste do you focus on kind of like the little the little aspects of maybe what's in your home or like personal stuff as well yeah we talk about that sometimes it's a very very important part of the zero waste movement uh, the zero waste lifestyle kind of aspects um, but what we are really passionate about is the the more the corporate side the organization side the policy making 
side of zero waste. And of course, the, all, also this part of the zero waste movement is built up by individuals. So it's always important to come back to the things that you can do yourself in your home or where you work or at university. Uh, so it's kind of a, it's a bit of a, um, back and forth between uh, those two aspects, the individual's responsibility and the systems change perspective. Uh, but I think on the show, you definitely hear more about the, the systems change perspective than you do about the individual responsibility that you can do as a stuff that you can do in your home. So that that's kind of interesting. So did you guys meet online and then and then kind of get together and decide to work together and then meet in person? Yeah, like we never met actually before I contacted Evelina. Like I've nice. heard of Evelina remotely uh, as she is amazing. Um, and then I reached out to her and say, well, hey, you're an awesome person. We should do something together. And then we and started to break. Know then. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we, Evelina w- went to Sweden because I think you had a project, you were working in, in a project in Sweden as well. So then you mm. went by and then we, stopped in my apartment and recorded the first episode it was like yeah going from reaching out online to like hi i'm a stranger <laughs> we should do something <laughs> to meeting up in the living room and recording like amazing so, yeah awesome that is very awesome yeah and it seems like you guys have known each other for years like it it seems like you have very good like on-air vibes together you know <laughs> it's nice <laughs> yeah it's, and I think we complement each other in a really nice way as well also with our competence areas uh, I think it's um, and also kind of areas of interest so it's a very good mm. match of personalities as well I think and competences yeah okay really. so let let's do like background and interests then so how about Evelina we start with you um, so what is your background and interest and then Malin if you want to let us know yours and then we can kind of get more of an idea of how you guys work together okay that's awesome so I've been a social entrepreneur uh, a person who tries to ch- solve environmental social challenges with entrepreneurial means I've been in that sphere for the last it's crazy but it's almost 20 years um, I've run different youth organizations. Uh, I've worked in the field of zero waste. We did a project a couple of years ago called Zero Waste Jam, uh, where we experimented making jams from surplus fruits with that, uh, before they would be thrown away. So I have yeah. a lot of uh, kind of experience in the social entrepreneurship field. Uh, and now I work very broadly with sustainable development as really from anti-racism to zero waste and how those are connected Uh, so I would say that I'm a generalist in a sense but that I'm spending a lot of my waking hours at the moment on zero waste topics nice yeah it's a it's an important uh, topic and you know maybe we should get into later how COVID's affected it but Malin uh, let's hear about your background a little bit Yeah, so my background is I've been working a lot with uh, different international NGOs, Um, been working mainly from Sweden, but also in other countries in mainly than Southeast Asia. I've also been working with corporates and the things that have been in common in the different positions I've had have been within how business practices affect local communities, natural resource extraction, uh, how we could apply strategic CSR or other sustainable principles to actually make the transitions. So looking at uh, how it affects communities, I've worked with um, urban development, but also from a rights perspective or a rights, rights-based approach and 
how we could find a way of businesses doing practices that could be approved by society instead of the other way around that society will be highly affected by wasteful practices. Um, and I've been working a lot with process-based structures within industries. It could be natural resource intensive industries, but it could also be from the service sector. Um, so I have the background of um, collaboration between civil society, the governmental sector and the private sector, all for making a shift within business practices, and then also from within corporates to make the shift of transforming towards better practices. Uh, and now in, in Sweden as well, I'm working at the national level for market transformation, especially within plastics. So I'm more from business um, societal background, so to speak. Wow, that's amazing. You guys sound like you have amazing careers and that you, you do a lot of important work um, in a, a lot of different places, it seems. Um, so that's really cool to hear all about this. And then, uh, Melon, so you said you were working in Sweden. Um, so can you tell us what Sweden is like for those of us who have never been in terms of zero waste? So do people care a lot about the environment there? Is there like, are the streets really clean? Like, what is the environmental scene like to you um, in Sweden? Uh, well, I, I would say that the general knowledge uh, and the general awareness of sustainability would be rather high, I would say. There are at an individual perspective or an individual level and from entrepreneurial initiatives, there are zero waste stores, there are communities that are working towards um, less wasteful practices and better utilization of resources or reusing. There are many startups within that sphere as well. However, looking at uh, how clean our streets are and so forth, we still have, of course, a big problem with human behavior aspects of wasteful practices. So it would be littering. Um, there was a study last year, 2020, where they surveyed how much litter during one week only in Sweden that was discarded on the streets uh, in June. And that was uh, the equivalent of 60 tons of trash only for people littering in Sweden. Wow. Which is crazy. So, I mean, even though, uh, and there are also many surveys uh, investigating like, or studying how much we are aware of the problem and how much action we take or like being mindful of better actions. And there's such a large gap between how much our awareness is or how much awareness we do have and then what we actually make, what action we take. So we know more than what we do, or we understand more mm -hmm. than what we do. And then um, I would assume that like the Baltic Sea is pretty clean um, because it's like far north. And I think, you know, these countries seem to really take care of that stuff. Do you think that's true at all? That like it's a... No. Um, no. <laughs> oh, well, there are many... No. <laughs> no, no. There are many problems with the Baltic Sea. Baltic Sea is actually one of the... Uh, water bodies with least oxygen in the sea floor or the ocean floor. Uh, so there are many problems related to that. Uh, one of them being pollution runoff from industries nearby with all the, we have so many countries connected by the Baltic Sea and any runoff from those countries are highly, highly affecting the biodiversity and the livableness of, of the, or livability of the ocean there. Um, but then also looking at the West Coast, 
um, of the Nordics, then we have actually one of Europe's most littered stretches of beaches or coastal stretches. So like looking, it's so, it's so easy to think of Sweden or Nordic countries to be super clean or that we don't have any, any uh, marine plastic pollution or such. Yeah, it's a very, very big problem. So as I said, one of the coastal stretches on the West Coast is one of Europe's most littered coastlines. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that at all. And we're going to get to Austria with Evelina in a second, but I had one more question, Melon. So in Sweden, what is like, do you guys incinerate a lot of the, the trash or is it yeah. landfills or it's mostly it's incinerate? Yeah, like almost half of all plastic recycle or recycle collected for recycling goes for waste to energy. Oh, it's waste to energy. That's yeah. That's good. I think yeah. Because then at yeah, least yeah. Well, it's incinerate. Yeah, like well, we still have it's the highly toxic dishes left. So and then we actually export it to Norway because we can't handle it here. So it's you export the trash or you export the power? The the ashes from incinerating. The biggest problem because how do you transport them without blowing away and you don't know if they're toxic and that sort of thing? So, yeah, well, and they are highly toxic. And then in Norway, it's so like Evelyn and I explored the 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 um the practices there, are, and I suppose there are many many sites with incineration plants that do export it to one island in Norway where they actually capture all the ashes and then dig them deep, deep down. Yeah. Um, so, Evelina, uh, let's hear from you a little bit more. So, you are in Austria, and I know I said that I love the country when I was there. Um, are you are you originally Austrian, or no, were you from? Not at all. No, no, I'm actually from Sweden also. Yeah, um, but I'm married to an Austrian guy, and um, uh, we moved here a long time ago. So I've been in Austria for a long time, but I work in Sweden and in Austria. So I tend when there is not a pandemic, <laughs> I tend to to travel between the two countries to work together with my clients nice yeah the uh the pandemic has really um it's weird not to travel and it's kind of sad and so i've actually yeah. been watching rick rick steve's europe i don't know if you've ever heard of that guy no. um, but <laughs> if you have a travel bug like me and you're in in yeah. north america rick steve's europe is a really cool series about he just goes through different towns in europe and stuff and highlights the cultures and the people there and so i get my little travel bug um <laughs> on my couch <laughs> watching that show sometimes um oh, until good. we can yeah travel again yeah so for those who are listening who also have a travel bug uh walk us through austria a little bit your experience there and and you know the environmental community and zero waste that sort of thing yeah yes i would say it's it's quite similar to sweden in a way um the, it's a very clean country here also the local communities are very strong here and it's a very strong culture of taking care of your home taking care of your house taking care of your garden there are so many like garden communities garden cities uh, that really put this in the foreground how, how pretty how picturesque uh, the the different villages and cities are and i think that corresponds very well with the image that people have of austria in their minds that is very like this um flowers and house is very clean and pretty i would say uh, but I think it's it's very similar to Sweden in the sense of that people have a lot of knowledge of what they should do, but that they're not necessarily acting on it. 
Um, waste generation rates are just as in Sweden, it's increasing all the time here. It's basically out of any kind of control. Uh, the environmental footprint is also rather um, overwhelming in this country. Uh, what is uh, what I find a bit different from Sweden is though when it comes to the food culture, that is a very very strong. Um, the, they've done a few campaigns here from the government and also local initiatives to cut down on food waste, and they have been rather successful. And they are very present in shops, and people here are also buying much more locally produced foods. Uh, it's much more e it's much easier to have access to a farmers market just in the small village where we live. Uh, there's a farmer farmers market once a week, and it's it's much more accessible to buy locally produced food uh, and also when you go into any store they have these um, the government stickers on them with the campaign uh, they, that is much more present uh, in a way here but otherwise I would say it's it's quite similar to Sweden uh, the situation it's and uh, it's not very sustainable uh, but what is interesting is that the Green Party has had a lot of uh, success from time to time in this country. So they are rather strong and pushing for uh, for transforming um, the traffic situation, for example, turning roads into um, as a car roads where you would have cars in the city to change to bikes uh, instead. And so there is a lot of stuff happening. But Austria is also a very very conservative country, uh, so things tend to take a lot of time here <laughs> which is something that I like about Sweden that I feel that it's a bit faster uh, sometimes when it comes to innovation to startups uh, that the conservative side of Austria is sometimes slowing things down <laughs> unusually or like it to mm -hmm. a to a to too much mm -hmm. yeah I remember uh, you're saying biking I remember my I fell on my bike because I went into one of the tram like oh yeah in Graz, you have to be very careful about that <laughs> yeah it was, it was funny because they have so many troms and they're like uh street cars basically yeah, yeah um i guess they're electric probably and so they have these grooves in into the streets and so yeah if you get your bike tire in one of those <laughs> yeah you have to be very careful when biking in Graz. it happened to me also you can really, <laughs> really hurt yourself it probably happens to most people, I guess. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they were everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it uh, it did seem like a beautiful uh, country, and I love I love that there are so many farmers markets. Those are just really the best thing. I worry about how people eat, and COVID really opened my eyes to this because we have a politician here, our health minister, who's saying, "Oh well, vitamin D, there's no real evidence for that. It's like fake news kind of thing, you know." And and a lot of us are like, "Oh my gosh, no, vitamin D is really really good for you." And, and you should be getting vitamin D, right? And mm. we're not saying it's going to like cure COVID. We're just saying it's, it's healthy for you. And if you're getting COVID, you want to be healthy when you get it, right? Um, so I think that people eating at farmer's markets and, and just trying to eat as many like fruits, veggies, grains, like proteins, all these things, just everything that's healthy for you right now, I think is a good way of, uh, of living while we're going through this, you know, just mm. stay healthy. Yeah. yeah, and that's actually another thing that is uh, there are quite a few uh, packaging-free, zero-waste and packaging-free grocery stores in Austria. Uh, so the whole nice. German-speaking area, including Germany and Switzerland, it's quite easily to access that kind of stores. And uh, in Sweden, that's just starting. The, they, there are a few ones uh, that are kind of 
trying to find their place in the market. But here, that's really, it's really quite common here. That's good. Melon, are there, are there a lot of farmers markets too? Like is, I, I would think there's less farming in Sweden. I don't know. Uh, there is, um, but I, I didn't know from Austria. I just went there once when I was a kid, so I don't have any references more than Evelina's life experience. Um, but uh, from a Swedish perspective, there is farmer markets in, in like larger cities, and then there are a lot of urban farming initiatives. Uh, in Malmö only, there are several uh, that are raising or starting these communities. I just heard from uh, two of them last week that they already have this kind of waiting list for volunteers to join because the interest has been so high. So having a waiting list for volunteers is quite quite nice for starting up your new business. So I would say, well, I, I think most people maybe don't have access to farmers markets or to locally produced food. Uh, they live closer to conventional supermarkets, I would say. But there are still, of yeah. course, a lot of communities with urban farming or at least community-based farming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that I can talk to you guys about these two different countries and uh, and kind of get like a picture, you know, a perspective of of how that stuff um, is going. But I guess enough about satisfying my travel bug. Um, <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> um, I can't wait uh, again. But I mean, I guess my carbon footprint is really, really low um, right now, which is kind of a nice thing. Um, but Let's go back to your show a little bit. So you started it a couple years ago and you focus on sort of like the bigger aspects and business and that sort of thing. So do you have future plans for it or are you working on something coming up in the future? Yeah, we have many future plans for both the coming season, but also like from a, um, a multi-year perspective. You know, when we first started out, the first thing Evelina did was to map up what we will produce for the coming two and a half years. So that was what she knew back then. So what we are looking at now <laughs> would be to find a plan for the coming, let's say, three years maybe. Um, so we we are having a bunch of ideas and Evelina is uh, up already testing a lot of them in practice to see what could be working at a lot from a longer perspective uh, but we are diving deeper into business transformation um, to almost like going for exemplifying what the transition would mean in practice yeah i think that i think that's that's really um what we're trying to it's it's a lot it's a bit of an experimentation from our side right now because there are so many um podcasts uh, um that are super good at interviewing people about uh the the change and uh the the personal responsibility side of zero waste sustainable development even if you want to take it from a bit of a broader perspective so we really want to try to dig deeper into this transformation process that Marlin is uh describing so we're actually experimenting a bit in the background right now with different formats uh, on how to support business uh, in this transformation towards zero waste. And also, uh, as we've met you on, on Clubhouse also, Laura, um, it's that's yeah. also a good platform for kind of experimenting a bit with different um, um, formats to, to reach people and to kind of dig deeper into these topics of large scale transformation. 
Yeah, I love Clubhouse because people just chip in with like the best stuff. Mm. You know, somebody, you don't know them and they come in in the audience and, and they put their hand up and then they start saying all these cool things. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is like such a good part of the conversation. Like, mm. thanks for joining, you know, yeah. and you can really connect with people on there. So yeah, if you're on Clubhouse, definitely look up uh, Evelina and Malin because um, they're on there. And so I'll try to include your Clubhouse handles uh, when I do the write-up oh, um, so you can you can see that um because they host some really good uh some really good talks if you're on there yeah yeah and i think now we've we've we're doing a plan now basically for the for the coming year of people to interview and i think the more we get into the topic the more the more interesting it gets also the the more difficult it is also to narrow it down to these are the topics that we want to do and we we did a, a list the other week of these are the topics that we think are super interesting and then we wrote a presentation of ourselves uh for instagram uh, for our instagram account and there we wrote completely different ideas and it's like oh my god how are we going to get all of these interesting people that we want to talk to from urban mining to reducing food waste to business as a waste business development how are we going to fit all that yeah so it's uh it's really tricky the more we understand the more we know get to know people in this field the the trickier it gets to for us to select who who are we actually going to talk to on the show Mm. yeah it's it's crazy how it's like almost endless the amount of um people you can talk to about zero waste because when i started it i did a list i'm like i don't know if there's enough topics for a show like this was like almost four years ago so i started writing down the topics like on my phone you know in that notepad thing so i could just open mm. it whenever i thought of a topic and i had like 40 of them and like in the first day or something and i was like okay there's definitely enough like if i can think of that many topics just mm -hmm. very quickly there's a lot of, uh, of people. Do you do you guys know Lynn Frisinger from Swedish Stockings? No, uh, yeah, we yeah. know Swedish Stockings. We have had yeah. some contact with them. But we've been in contact with them and they keep popping up in my social media feed <laughs> constantly. Oh. So I get a reminder like every week, like, oh, maybe we should talk to them. Maybe we should talk to them. <laughs> yeah, they have good marketing. They uh, yeah. They really they they do a good job on that but they came on my show early like maybe the first or second year a long time ago and oh my goodness like she she's got it down like they mm. get their fishing nets from the ocean those ghost nets right so mm -hmm. so fishermen mm. go out they find these ghost nets they bring them back they put them through a process to take the polyamide out then they make nylons or like you know those stockings um, that people wear on their legs and they're really nice ones i actually have a few pairs and I, they're they're above and beyond what you'd get at the drugstore or the grocery store. Like these last, all of them have lasted forever um, for a few years. So I'm really impressed with the quality. But anyway, when they, they do get a hole in them or you're done with them, then you send them in and you can mail them and they recycle them into, well, it used to be these plastic barrels for grease, like grease waste from restaurants. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like this crazy thing and I remember her saying well you know that's not really like circular because that's going to be their end of use so I think she was still thinking about doing something else and so they were making furniture uh out of this stuff at one point so I think they're always kind of like innovating but yeah a few years ago that's what they're doing and I was like wow this is amazing like I don't know any companies who have like put so much thought and effort into really making you know making that product continue after life it was really great Mm. It's, mm. it is really great and I like that it's a product that is such a it's like a commodity kind of and and it's something that you would use 
every day unless I mean now it's a pandemic <laughs> so I'm not using any stockings uh, just I know. comfortable <laughs> yoga pants um that but... lipstick eh? I always wonder about lipstick like <laughs> companies like is anyone wearing lipstick still is you... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's gonna explode now when people get vaccines everybody's gonna go for stockings and lipsticks <laughs> <laughs> I actually I actually read that the uh, the sales of skincare it has increased but the sales of makeup uh, did decrease during the pandemic yeah sounds about right yeah. Yep. I can see that. I actually figured out how to take care of my skin really well. There's a certain, uh, there's a certain type of plant actually that grows here. That's really good for your skin. So I've been like steaming with that, mm. cleared up my skin mm-hmm. completely. And then I've just been using like coconut oil, um, for a moisturizer. Whereas before I was always using like those products that you get at the drugstore and I don't think any of them really were working very well. Um, so yeah, I feel like over the pandemic, I did kind of fix my, my skin, which was, uh, a nice kind of part that I didn't think I didn't really think of before but yeah I don't wear makeup very much um if I'm not going out and yeah at first I'd put on lipstick and be like oh my gosh what am I doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the feeling that we're all gonna have (laughs) in a few months I guess I think that it would be super interesting if there are any companies uh, listening to this that are interested in in doing this transformation from going from um conventional business model conventional business and not caring so much maybe about zero waste or trying to figure out what it's all about in a business development context i think we would love to get in contact with you if you are in that in that process to learn more about um, your adventures going from conventional to zero waste or from slightly zero waste to deep into the zero waste and circular economy topic how that affects your or how that impacts your business model um, and maybe even talk to you on the show. We're super eager to get deeper into that topic. And what's the best way that uh, we can find you? So you're on Instagram, right? Yep. Yes. Um, you can find us on Love Zero Waste on Instagram or our website, which is lovezerowaste.biz. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, that was Malin Licht. She is calling in from Sweden and Evelina Lundquist, and she's talking to us today from Austria. Thank you very much, ladies. Thank you thank so, you much, so much for having us. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.